It's an interesting day thinking of Veterans Day. Um, as I looked at the gospel reading that we're using for this week, and not just that we're using, but that came up in that lectionary cycle, uh, we find ourselves at the temple with Jesus and with the, the disciples and with the crowds. And just to remind you of the setting that we're in, the triumphal entry of Jesus has happened. He's back in Jerusalem. He is on the way to the cross. He has cleansed the temple at this point, and he's walking around this temple mount, which is large. Uh, in current times, when there are uh, Islamic gatherings up there on the Temple Mount, when Ramadan happens on the last Friday of Ramadan, and there have as many people up there as can be up there praying, sometimes it's upward of 600,000 people. That's a large area. And so here's Jesus walking through the temple courts and uh, the pieces right before this little section of scripture. We see him teaching in the temple. We see him talking to different groups within the temple. We see him talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians and the scribes and the crowds and anybody else that's coming up to see him. He's there to teach. And as we read through this verse, there were two words that kept standing out to me every time I read it. And they come at the very end of the verse. And it's the word everything. And then what we translate with a longer phrase, all that she had to live on, is one little word in Greek. It's one five-letter little word. But the best way we could wrap our heads around it is with this long phrase, right? But it, it means her, her livelihood, her, her everything. And I see, as I think of everything and as I think of our veterans who have given up so much during their time of service and sometimes given up stuff after their service because their entire way of life has changed, there's quite a bit that's been given up in that. It's all-encompassing. So I want you to remember those that have given things that we don't understand sometimes. And as we look in this verse as well, we see Jesus talking to the scribes. Now the scribes, there were a bunch of different types of scribes. There were Roman scribes. They usually got paid for their work. And then there were temple scribes. And the temple scribes lived off of generosity of others. They lived off of things that were given in the church. And many of these scribes were more than just guys who wrote things down, but they were authorities on Scripture. They were teachers of Scripture. They were ones that held high position in uh, governmental places sometimes, and there are ones that held these positions of honor in the society. They were well-respected. People knew who they were, and they they kind of liked it. <laughs> you know, hearing those good words from others, seeing that respect from others, having the finer things sometimes, it's pretty enjoyable. Jesus does carry a bit of a harsh word for them, though, too. He says, watch, 
Watch out for the scribes. Watch out for those who, who walk around in the marketplaces seeking to be seen by others. Watch out for those that uh, are drawing attention to themselves through their prayers and through their clothes and everything that they have. Those who devour the widow's houses. Because remember, the church and the community was there to take care of the widows as well. And so if the scribes are pulling a little more from the church treasury boxes than they're supposed to, then less is going out to the ones who are in need. He says, watch out for them. But they'll, they'll get basically what's coming to them. They'll get the, the greater condemnation. And that scares me. It's a scary phrase. It's a scary thought, you know, here are these guys who are prominent in the church, who are well-respected, like I said, in the community. They've got everything that's going on as far as the world can see. They've got everything. They've got everything here and now. No sight of what's to come. Because what's to come, from what Jesus says for them, is a loss of everything. And then he turns his attention and I, I really appreciate these moments in Scripture where we can see Jesus doing things that many of us would do as well because he's basically people-watching, okay? And I love it because people-watching runs deep on my side of the family. Um, we, would, we would go, you know, Mom and I would head out somewhere because she'd want to go shop for stuff, and, you know, we'd walk around and we'd see what people were wearing. We'd see what clothes were there. We would see what was kind of going on around us. My grandma and I would go out for a drive, and it was the same kind of thing. We were pointing around and looking around and just seeing what's going on. My grandfather down in Hollywood and I would drive around, and he would quiz me on the people that went by. A car would go by, and he'd say, who was driving? Well, I don't know, Grandpa. Say Lady mid-40s, red shirt, uh, hair pulled up in the top, uh, passenger window was down. My goodness, Grandpa, how'd you see that? <laughs> but we would go around and we'd watch, and he was the one too, that when we'd go into a restaurant, he would always want to be in a place where we could watch what was going on in the restaurant. There was never anything behind him except for a wall. He could look out, and we would see what was going on. And so as Jesus walks out from the crowds and he walks into this little area of the temple where the treasury boxes were. And there are usually about a dozen treasury boxes in this area. So people could make a little bit of a show of dropping money in there if they wanted to. Because we read in there that the crowds came in and would drop large amounts of money into the treasury boxes. Okay, have any of you ever walked by an area that has slot machines? I know in church, it's funny to ask you if you've been in an area of gambling. Many of you are going to be like, I don't know if I should. It's okay, you know the sound, right? You know the sound. When you hear a couple of clinks go down into that metal tray that's a little loose, so it's really loud, and then you hear when somebody really hits it, and it's going clink, 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 clink. That's kind of what some of the crowds who were giving out of their abundance were able to do when they had dropped in large amounts of coins. As they hit these treasury boxes, they would drop them in and people could hear what was being dropped in. It's kind of a look at me. Look what I'm dropping in. You see this? This is what's going in from my life. See what's going in over here? Look at me. And so Jesus is back in the corner with his disciples. And there are people watching. He's kind of watching. He says, look. Just look what's going on. Pay attention to what's going on around. You see them? They're giving in quite a lot. In fact, there's a lot that's done with their money within the church. I mean, that's quite a bit. 
but where's the focus as well? So then a widow walks through. And not just a widow, a poor widow. Because there are widows that we're taking care of. There are widows that we're doing okay, but this one in particular happened to be a, a poor widow. Sometimes we turn that phrase into a we feel sorry for her kind of widow, but it was more of a she's a financially poor widow. Okay? She walks in with two coins. Let's put this into perspective for a second. Those coins, one of them was equivalent of one 128th of a day's wage. It's not very much. If you make 20 bucks an hour, that works out to about 97 cents or uh, like a dollar, dollar 20, something like that. She had two of them, so she had almost three bucks. Okay, two and a half bucks, three bucks by our guessings, right? But that was all she had to live on. It wasn't how much she had that day. It wasn't how much she had that moment. It wasn't how much she had out of something else that was coming. That was, that was her entire livelihood. Again, that little five-letter Greek word. It's trans, uh, the, in the Greek, it's bios. What things do you know that start with bio? Biology is one, the study of life, right? It was her bios. It was everything she had, everything that she could subsist upon, everything that could possibly help her in a day, everything that was there to provide for her, everything. And she put it in. And they're super small coins, so they wouldn't have made a lot of noise. And they get dropped in, and she's on her way. She gave well, everything. Now, we need to look at some of these things for a second, too, and realize God, or Jesus at this point, with his disciples, isn't looking at his disciples and saying, now go and do the same, okay? It's not a, necessarily a practice that he's calling out to say to everybody, if you need to be a Christian, you're going to give 100% of everything that comes to you. Because God doesn't need our money, not one bit. Your neighbor does. Your neighbor needs your care. God works through you and the vocations and the positions that he's called you in life to take care of your neighbor. And sometimes we do that through the church and sometimes we do that on our own as well as we take care of those who are around us. So Jesus isn't pointing out necessarily the fact of the amount that she gave but the heart that she gave it with. See, the heart of those who were giving out of their abundance was a heart of giving to say, look at me, look at my glory. I want to draw all your attention to me as I give so you can see my prominence. And the widow gave of everything, trusting that God was going to give, bring her daily bread, that God was going to bring what was coming next, that God was going to bring whatever it is that was going to come along the next day. And she was thankful for where that providence came from she was thankful for where those things came from and out of her everything she gave it back to god from a heart of faith from a heart that fully trusted from a heart that fully understood that where she was was not the place of glory but there was a something coming 
coming in what God's promises were for her and her life, coming from where God had said, I will take care of you, even though it doesn't look like it now. See, in Mark, we see that a whole lot as we go through this book. Every opportunity there is for somebody who is in a higher position to be humbled, they're humbled. And every opportunity there is for somebody who's in a low position to be lifted up, Jesus does that. As he lifts up the children who are sick, as he lifts up the children who were uh, possessed, as he lifts up the sick and heals them, as he raises people up who the culture looks at and says, no, you're not worth anything. And Jesus says, you're worth something to me. See, in that widow, sometimes we want to say that's where we need to be. and There's a piece of that. But I think there's a bigger piece to realize as we look at this widow whose houses were devoured by those who uh, took money and went, used it in ways that they weren't supposed to, those who took advantage of her, mainly the religious elite at that moment in time, those who were running down what she had as she gave everything in the same way that Jesus was about to give everything. You see, here we are just a few days before the cross, a few weeks before, no, a few days, a few days before the cross at this point, and Jesus is standing there and saying, look, you see how she gives everything? So I'm going to do, I'm going to give of everything that I have. But I'm going to give of everything, not expecting something else to come the next day, but I'm going to give of everything so that you can have everything. And it's not going to look like it right now, and it may not look like it in the next couple of weeks, but in eternity, you're going to have everything. You're going to have life bring you forgiveness now and redemption now where you see little bits of it and in time you're going to see what that everything looks like you're going to see that big beautiful meal at the wedding feast of the lamb you're going to see what it means for god to give you absolutely everything so now we look to god for our daily bread and in time to come it's going to be everything every day from the hand of God. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, right now in these times, sometimes we trust within our own abilities and we look for everything now. We pray that you give us patience to wait for the everything that you have to give us. As we try and make sense of what it is that we have to gain our daily bread. We pray that you give us hearts that would look to you for our daily bread. We pray that you would give us patience and peace as we look to those who are in need around us and serve them in ways that we can, knowing that you don't need anything from us. But you call us into situations where loved ones and those we don't know do need things from us. So guide us, give us hearts of courage to share the truth of uh, your word, to share the truth of the love that you have for us in Jesus so that all those around us would hear of everything that you have to give. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you please